I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. Today we welcome in one of the most versatile coaches in the game with over 20 years of experience as an assistant through every level. She's one of the hardest working and energetic coaches we've had on. Now she's sliding over to her new role as the head coach of the Indiana Fever, head coach Christy Sai. like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash windsider. With less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff written content over at windsider.com. That's windsider.com. Want a fun new way to watch WNBA games? Look no further, we got you covered. We're streaming games on Playback. Playback is a fun, new, exciting way to watch WNBA games with the WNBA community. Playback.tv backslash Windsider. Welcome back to the Windsider Show. We are very honored to welcome, in this episode, the Indiana Fever head coach, Christy Sides. Very glad to have you. Head coach Sides has a nice ring to it, so I got to yeah. ask, how you doing? How you enjoying this new title? Hey, man. Um, first, thank you so much for having me on. Um it's still um, not normal for me to hear head coach. Uh, it is, um, it's awesome, and it's been a great um, experience so far. Uh, November through now has been, it's been a grind, and we've been working, but it is, um, it's been fun. Um, I've got great people around me. You know, it's, it was, um, never thought I would be sitting in this seat. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I've never, I've, I've had the opportunity. People have reached out and it was so easy for me to say, Hey, I really appreciate you calling and your interest, but I'm, I'm just really happy in, in, in the seat that I'm in and, and that assistant coaching role. And, um, Lynn Dunn reached out and for whatever reason, I was sitting on my parents' um, farm and talking to her and I could not, when it was time for me to use, say those words, they, they would not come. And I was just like, okay, let me just, so I, you know, took a deep breath and, and decided, okay, let's just see how this goes. If it works out great, it's, uh, you know, the timing would be awesome. Um, and everything was smooth. And that's how I knew this was the right time uh, for this opportunity for me. Well, let's start from the beginning of your coaching career. I believe the early 2000s. I saw you got into coaching at the high school level. How did that come to be? Um, so I was, um, I was really, t I wasn't going to go play pro. Um, I had tried to go play. The Portland Fire had brought me out um, to their training camp, and you could have an injured reserve player at the time. And so I never got um, on the roster. Um, but uh, was kind of iffy on what I wanted to do. And so I talked to Coach Barmore. Um, I played for, you know, legendary Coach Barmore at Louisiana Tech. And um, I had had an opportunity to go coach a Division three um, at a Division three school with a, a good friend of mine in Oklahoma. And um, I was just about to do it. And this man, he knows everything and finds out everything. He always has. He always will. I don't know how he does it. But he <laughs> called me up and he said, um, I don't want you to take that job. He's um, I've just just hold tight. He said, you don't need to leave and go to Oklahoma. And at the time I was I didn't have a job. I graduated college. I was like, coach, what am I going to do? He was like, just hold tight. This was a Sunday, Monday morning. I wake up and my phone rings and I have a job offer at Ruston High School, big 5A school right there. And, you know, where Louisiana Tech is um, to teach and to be the head freshman coach and JV coach and then assist with the varsity team. And I mean, that's just who that man is. I mean, he's incredible. I mean, he's always, um, you know, he made me a better player. Uh, uh, you know, he, I, I coach, my philosophies are, are very similar to his in some ways, um, just his, his discipline and his, his hard nose. But um, he got me that job and he brought me in his office and he said, as soon as I have a position, it's yours here with me at Louisiana Tech. But I need you to sit here in Ruston and be close. And that's what I did for two years. And then um, the opportunity presented itself. He, uh, he offered me the job with him at Louisiana Tech, and um, I actually didn't get to sit on the bench with him because towards the after he had hired me, everything was in place. A few months later, he decided to retire, and that's when Kurt Butke took over, um, which was almost perfect for me because instead of being the director of basketball operations, I was able to have a dual role in 
the operations and and be able to get on the floor and coach as well. So not sure if he had that in his plan, but I really appreciate him for for helping me out, you know, for putting me in that position and kind of kickstarting this my career. Well, and you've been at so many different stops. I mean, we talked about your stop at the high school level. We talk about Louisiana Tech, LSU, you know, even out there at, at Spartak in Moscow. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you've also coached Northwestern, Louisiana, Monroe, and then your, your WNBA stops, Chicago, Indiana, Atlanta. Um, tell us about just kind of that journey. Cause you've kind of gone back and forth throughout the course of your career. I have, you know, um, started out at Louisiana tech, my, my college career worked with Kurt Bucky. Um, he, him and, and Katie Hall and Chris Long, we were on staff together, um, had a great run, uh, got beat by LSU. Um, out in Palo Alto, California, but we we had a great run. I learned a lot um, in that in that time frame. Um, and then Pokey Chapman reached out. Um, I was playing golf with the staff, and we had actually been battling a recruit, Kiana Cheney. This is a, you know this is a long time ago, but we were battling Kiana Cheney, LSU and Louisiana Tech, and um, there should have been no reason that we were in that ball game. LSU had gone to that Final Four, and Coach Gunner, when she stepped down, she told Pokey, she goes, I don't know who you're planning on hiring, but you need to try to get Christy sides because we don't want to be bad on Louisiana Tech for these recruits. And so thank you, Coach Gunner, who is one of my all-time favorite human beings in the whole world. And um, But she, you know, so Pokey reached out, offered me the job, um, went back home because I'm from right outside of Baton Rouge. So I was able to coach and go to three Final Fours um, with them and, and coach Simone Augustus and, um, some great players there. There's your, I threw it in there for you. Um, uh, great players all around though, had several of them there. Um, Sylvia Fowles, my gosh, like we were, we had a great team. And then, um, once I got out of coach and I kind of, you know, we'd gone to the final four every year and I was trying to figure out my path and, um, left LSU and, was went to work with one of the track coaches from LSU who had resigned about the same time I did. Um, he went to work at a facility in Baton Rouge, a, a athletic facility that where they did in, individual training and development. And we kind of put a business model together and we had Olympic athletes working out there. I was working out a lot of guys um, that were driving over some, some guys from Louisiana Lafayette, some guys, um, a lot of a lot of high school kids, but we had a we had a pretty good system going. I would work Monday through Thursday, and then I play golf Thursday afternoon, Friday, and Saturday. So, going from working nonstop 365 at LSU, you know, doing what we did there and and working our tails off to having a chance to to take a breath and and do what my passion is and was still is, um, just the development piece, getting in the gym with players, helping them grow their game and and grow them as an individual as well, and. Got to do that and love that. Did that for a year. And then um, Pokey was overseas coaching at Spartak. And um, actually the first experience overseas I had, which if you ask me about, I will tell you it was probably the most amazing coaching experience of my life, was she reached out and was like, hey, um, the Slovakian national team is interested in hiring me as their head coach. And they said, I can hire an assistant. Would you be interested? And you guys, I didn't even have a passport during this time. So I was like, oh, no, I don't even know where that country is. Thank you. But um, not, not I don't think so. Well, she sent me the contract and then she sent me a contract because she was going to be the head coach at Spartak and they were going to bring me on as kind of working in their school and then doing all the scouting and, and um, scouting report stuff and just the, the, all that piece of it for her. And I was like, my gosh where do I sign and what plane do I get on? Um, it was an incredible opportunity for me. Uh, those two, those two things, the, the Slovakian national team wow. and then to go to Spartak, but um, just a little bit about the Slovakian national team. Never didn't even know where it was on the map, flew in there, drove completely across the, the country, which was only about four hours to where we were practicing, met a young group of players that were, um, they were hungry. They'd never been coached by a female before, before, which was unbelievable. And here you are with two, two women coming in to coach your national team. We built a bond with these guys, and we, we ended up qualifying for the European Championships. And those guys, we ended up having to beat France, um, wow. which was unbelievable. Little Slovakia beat France um, to have a chance and had to win our last game against Croatia. But no one thought we could beat France. And Pokey and I put our heads down and decided, okay, what do we have to do to beat France? We play 40 minutes of zone, which we had never done before. We're strictly man-to-man -man coaches and play 40 minutes of zone. And those players wow. 
ran, would run through a brick wall for us. And so to have that opportunity to coach those kind of players who didn't, we, we all were the language barrier. Um, some of them didn't speak English, but we figured out how to get it done. And it was that for me, that experience taught me so much, um, wow. taught them so much, taught those guys, um, just, you know, that there were people that would stand up for you. Pokey did some things that ha they had never witnessed before being coached by a female. And um, it was it was an incredible experience to be there. And then, my gosh, the story behind Spartak. I mean, everybody's read, you know, what what went on there and what happened there and and the championships and the freaking best players in the world to come together and play on one team was awesome. Well, I got to I got to jump in real quick. I actually work really heavily overseas and I have coached and worked with a lot of Slovakian players. Actually been there myself. Not many people have. So I can definitely yeah. relate to what you're talking about. I loved coaching Slovakian players like and the fact that you two were over there. And again, you don't see a lot of women over there coaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, no. What an incredible story. And honestly, something that probably has helped you so much to like the seat you're in now. No question. I mean, you know, we do this, um, the game of basketball, that's the easy part. Um, the coaching, the X's and O's. I mean, sometimes we, we try to make it way more difficult than it has to be, but really when it comes down to it, it is all about the players and you motivating them and helping them to understand what their role is and what they're really good at and letting them do that. And then, um, that experience, we had a group of players that, we didn't have anybody over about 6'2", um, but they all bought into their role. And if you've experienced the Slovakian mentality, if they buy into you and they trust you, they will they will run through a brick wall for you. And that that is exactly what happened um, there. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, all these places that I've coached, like when you guys started naming, them, I was like, God dang, maybe I, I am really old. I've been to a lot, you know, I've done a lot of things, but every place I've been, just what I've been able to take from those places and those players and, and the coaches that were around um, it, it exactly, you're right. It's, it's helped me to hopefully be um, a great coach for these young, these players that I have in Indy now and help them reach their full potential. Um, and just, you know, at the end of the day, work hard, but also have a great time doing it. Cause I think when you lose the fun in it, that's, that's when it becomes a job. And up to this point at 46 years old, I, I really haven't worked a day in my life, honestly. Um, I just love all this because it's so cool to hear like where the game of basketball takes people. Right. And, and the different experiences they have, I would kick myself if I didn't, you know, you've touched on Spartak a little bit. It's one of the most legendary overseas teams of all time. I mean, it's a team made for a docu-series. There was that incredible ESPN, uh, podcast talking about it, which I think the funniest part to me, obviously it's, there's some sad aspects in the story, but yeah, that like the, the Beyonce ticket concert or yeah. concert tickets was like part of it. But what happened that, and like, just tell us a story. I mean, you can go into more detail. It can be about the game. It can be about life over there. Just, I feel like everyone's just itching to know more about Spartex. So if you could share a story, that'd be great. Yeah, it's a cool perspective. <laughs> we, we just want to hear a story. Yeah. Um, my gosh, the ones that I can't tell are all coming to mind right now. So let me <laughs> Um, cause those were pretty exciting. Um, I, to me, the story to tell is the players, um, where do you, and I know that's so boring to you guys, cause that's the obvious, but my gosh, when, when I sit back and I start telling people about the team that, that was put together there, uh, you know, anytime Diana Taurasi is involved in anything, it is a, a kick in the pants time. I mean, she <laughs> is, um, and then she's in her element overseas where she is, you know, living, living the dream. I mean, her and Shaptai were, were very close. They were, um, you know, here, here's a funny story for, you. you know, everybody talks about, you know, it's Shaptai was incredible and did our game and did these players, um, such a huge, huge favor for their futures by what he, he put into them financially. I mean, he paid the best players in the world to come put their talents on a big stage and win championships. Right. And he demanded that. And, and that was awesome. Um, but I mean, he took care of them. I mean, he would do things like he would just like, if we were going like one time he told Pokey, he said, Hey, uh, he brought us in. He said, I'm going to, we were going to play in, um, Spain, but he wanted us to take the players early. And he made us promise that we would not practice those players for two straight days because he wanted them to go and just have a great time and not worry about basketball. Wow. So he puts us up in the Ritz Carlton, um, Madrid, which 
I, I went to order a, a sandwich on the menu and it was like 80 bucks. Like, I, you know, like it was just unbelievable. But he always made sure that um, he, he was putting them in a position where they were learning. Like, I felt like I was on a, a history tour. He was always trying to have professors and, and people from the local universities, whatever city we went to, it wasn't mandatory, but you could go and you could learn about the city we were in with a university professor there to tell you about it. Um, he, he would put us, uh, I went to Red Square and was able to go into rooms that the normal person just can't go into. Um, and I'm a history nerd. So I was just, I would make Pokey go on all these tours and I would literally like put the headsets on and we would be walking around and I'd be just into it. And I'd turn around and look and she'd be sitting down somewhere like watching video or something like she could give, she could care less about it. Um, but Shabtai one time gave all the players, he would give them some extra money when we would go on, on trips and um, he gave it to me to hold after a game. And now this man was, um, he had bodyguards with him all the time. He carried a black suitcase um, and everybody knew what was in that big black suitcase. And he walked up to me and he said, Hey, Christy, I need you to do me a favor. And he gives me, uh, you know, all this, this money to give to some of the players so they could spend it on our trip to Madrid. And he said, Oh, here, you and Pokey can have some money. Now you guys, I'm in a gym that is surrounded by people everywhere. And they are, everybody's watching Shepta because he was always the center of attention. And I looked around and I thought, there is no way I'm getting out of this gym alive with this money, with, you know, everybody in the entire gym watching him give me, you know, this money. And so we, I was a nervous wreck, but that's what he did, man. Like he took care of his people and um, he made it like, he made it a, a small little USA for us. I mean, we, we had so many Americans that were in and around that organization all the time. Um, and he took care of us and made sure everything was, um, it was like Disney World sometimes. I mean, we were eating at the nicest restaurants and, and he just took care of us, doing awesome things all around the city. It was just, I never even thought or imagined. I wish I'd have journaled. I really do. Like, I wish I'd have journaled because I could, I could write a book about that experience. Unbelievable. All right, let's move on. I I, I could sit here. Can, can we make this podcast like three hours, Aria? <laughs> I got to go play golf, Rachel. I got a few more days left of freedom and I got to right. golf. I got right. a, a right. golf you're time right. today. Right. Okay, so let, let's move on. You've been at so many levels. Um, you know, clearly we've already touched on that, but, but what is it? You know, I coached college basketball. I coached the high school level. I've never coached professionally. But what is it, you know, in your journey um, personally, just kind of having all those different lenses and those experiences, what is it that makes you gravitate towards the WNBA? The, the chess match of the game and getting to spend most of your time. Now, I say that as an assistant coach and, you know, person head, because that's what my job was. So now this new role, I, you know, I, I hope to spend the amount of time that I would spend studying the game and studying opponents and, you know, coming up with that game plan. And, you know, in this league, you have sometimes you don't even have 24 hours to, to get prepared for, you know, that next team. And, and, you know, you think about playing like in Atlanta on a, on a Friday and then having to play New York this year on a Sunday, which right. is something we're about to do. Um, that that's tough. It's challenging and it's fun to figure out uh, that piece. But, you know, what I took from the, you know, you can't take away high school and mid-major college coaching experience because when you coach in those, at those levels, you wear so many different hats. And so when you get to coach at the highest level in the best league in the world, you, you, you find a way to appreciate people and that are doing the things that you don't even have to worry about anymore, things that, that you used to have to do. And so, you know, I think a lot of people want to take that big step. They want to graduate college if they want to get in that coaching career and they want to jump right to the WBA. And I just think it does you a disservice in the long run when you can't find those experiences. You know, I was bringing kids home. I was washing their uniforms. I was, you know, doing the things that you, I don't even have to think about anymore. And it is, um, it just makes you appreciate the game, the all around game and, and experience um, more. Um, Going to college, going back to college after I left the Chicago Sky, um, you know, Coach McEwen gave me an opportunity. Um, Northwestern is an incredible place. Um, I thought that that was probably my next step. And if I was going to be a head coach, I was going to go back to college and, and take that route. And he offered me that opportunity and named me the associate head coach. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember or know, but during that season, we lost um, one of our players, Jordan Hankins. Oh, I sure um, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me and my coaching career in my life, um, that was probably the hardest 
um, the hardest thing I've ever gone through as a coach or, or just a person. And it changed me. Um, I was lucky to have some strong people around me um, that helped us get through that time. Um, but when I, when I tell you it, it affected me to the point I didn't realize until we were, um, the, about to go into the next season and I could recognize and see things going on with those players that weren't normal. And, you know, people were still fighting, um, what we had all gone through. And I, it was just a really hard situation. And, um, it really, I, I ended up having to take a step, step back and, um, left Northwestern at that time in a really bad, at a really bad time, um, right before the season started. Um, but it was, it was exactly what I needed to do. And when I did step away, um, there were two players that stepped away and went and got some, some help that they needed. So in my, in the big picture of things, if, if me doing that helped them go get what they needed done and both those people are excellent now, they're both successful, but graduated college and doing their thing. Um, but it was, it was a hard time. And so, Pokey was like, hey, I, you know, if I want you back and if, if you want to come to Indiana, you always have a job. So um, took some time off and then ended up back in Indiana, uh, back in the WNBA. So that's kind of that that transition. I never thought that that would happen. I kind of thought my next path was to stay in college coaching. And, you know, we we don't really when we think we know what's going on and what our path is. <laughs> that's when there's a different plan to put in place, it seems like. Well, well, thank you for sharing all that. I mean, one of the things I've always respected so much about you outside of your work ethic, which has always been evident, is just the lens. Um, you know, you can, you, you've seen the game so many different ways. And I think, you know, you've put in that time um, leading up into this point right now and all those experiences, the ones you've talked about so far on the show, you know, making you who you are in this moment. I'm so happy to see you back in Indiana. Um, happy to see you in the in this chair. You know, sometimes we see situations where um, – People get fast tracked, kind of like what you said, and and you've you've put in that time. You've been in different spots. I mean, you have been primed and ready for this situation, even if it wasn't necessarily the path you thought you were going to take. So, um, very 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 appreciative for you to share your story with us. I do want to talk about your staff a little bit. Um, I know you've yeah. been reunited with some folks: um, Karima Christmas, Kelly, Jesse Miller, Jared Simpson. Feel free to tell us about them and kind of what they bring to the table for you. Yeah. Um, well, before I accepted the job, I, I knew I needed to have one person. Um, I needed my right hand man with me. And that's Jesse Miller. Uh, Jesse Miller started off with us in Chicago as a manager for the Chicago Sky. Um, she was that little workhorse. She did everything that we asked her to do. She um, you know, you always want people around you who aren't just doing what you tell them. They're also being innovative and coming to you with ideas. And that is who Jesse was from when she was still playing at UIC. And, um, you know, I watched her grow. She became our video coordinator. Um, and then I left Chicago and Pokey gave her the opportunity to go with her to Indy. And Jessie is a smart basketball player. She's a smart coach. She's an X's and O's. She's attention to detail. Um, and, and she is a grinder and she loves the relationship piece. And that to me is, uh, I said it earlier in the podcast, you know, relationships for me are the biggest uh, part of this. Um, she is um, loyal. Um, I, I can be somewhere else. And I, I know that Jesse is going to make whatever decision she needs to make um, for me. If it has to be, um, that's going to be the right one. Um, so when she said she was interested and, and would, would take this journey with me, that made my um, accepting this job a lot easier. Um, inter, you know, wanted a, a former player, um, someone who could um, really, um, connect with the players and help them with that experience. Um, I was, um, God, I worked with Barbara Turner in Atlanta and she did an excellent job in her role. I mean, I didn't know her very well before. Um, she and I have really grown to be great friends and she is, she's going to be an excellent person in this, in this business one day, uh, wherever she goes. Um, but I, I needed someone like her and Karima being a former player with the fever, won a championship. She knows those, you know, what it takes to win a championship. And so for her to be close um, to, to the players and help them and guide them um, and show them what it takes to be, you know, to get to that point. I mean, we're a long way away, guys. We have a lot of work to do. Um, but I just thought if I put those kind of people around, um, we will, we, we can get there a lot sooner. Um, I never expected to keep, you know, I was not going to keep any of the former staff. Um, I, I talked to all of them. Um, Jared came to me, um, whenever I was hired and he said, Hey coach, you know, cause I, I had met Jared when I was in Indy before 
and he, you know, he was really excited about, about me and, and, and the hire and, you know, taking that step and becoming a head coach. And he, he just said, he said, Hey, I'm here in Indy. And if you need anything, I will do whatever it is that I, if I can help you out, um, I'm not planning on going anywhere. So, so when he said that, um, you know, we have a lot of players in market right now and my coaching staff, um, myself, we've just kind of been back and forth to Indy. And so um, Lynn and I talked about it and we had talked to Jared and, you know, he knew these guys. And, and, and so we just said, Hey, Jared, would you be interested in just, you know, um, working out the players during this off season um, for us while we're not there and, and kind of taking, you know, taking that, that role on, not offering him a job by no means um, just for this time being. And I got to know Jared and sometimes things are just meant to be. And, and, um, we're all excited for Karima right now. Karima and her husband are expecting their first child. And so Jared awesome. kind of fell into a position for me where he's going to be able to help when Karima's not able to, um, you know, be out on the court with us anymore late in her, you know, in her pregnancy and towards the end of the season. And, you know, he's got the experience. He has the players really, really respect him. Um, and so it was kind of an easy decision at that point um, with the situation. Um, and then Jared and I just built a relationship and, so it was really awesome when I was able to offer him that development coaching position. That's so cool. I, I love to hear the the little intricate stories. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but we personally, Rachel and I believe that Pokey should have been given another year during her fever stint because we, what we saw was the team was headed in the right direction. And from our personal belief, it kind of set the fever back a little bit moving on from Pokey that early. And we don't need to touch on that, but I'm curious for you because you were part of that team. What did you learn from that experience that you think will help this team get out of the lottery? Because that's the ultimate goal is to win championships. So like, right. what did you learn from that experience to help push this team forward towards that goal? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is you just don't really know in this business what can happen from one day to the next, but that is what we choose to sign up for. I mean, um, right. that is the, the, the business we're in. Um, and that was the uh, decision of, you know, uh, the higher ups. And that's what they went with. And at the end of the day, it was, um, you know, it, it was hurtful. And, and Pokey is a great coach and needs to be coaching um, a team. And she is, uh, you know, she put everything into what we thought was the right thing to do. I mean, we had built the Chicago Sky and put them in a position after four years to and went into the championship game. Um, we were kind of on that same path. And, and then. Other people had, you know, some other other thoughts. And again, at the end of the day, that's that's the business that we choose. Um, I, I learned that um, you have to have the right people in place. You have to have uh, the, the support um, of, of the other side of the street is what we call it, because our business offices are, in, you know, the other side. Um, but we, we have that right now. Um, you know, it took a lot whenever Lynn reached out. I mean, you, you you're coaching at Indiana and I don't, I don't, you know, I've moved past it and I've worked through it. And, and I went back to Indiana and talked to a lot of people and, and we had some great conversations and that's why we were able to move forward. And, and we are where we are today and, and me being the, the head coach of the fever, but you know, uh, they are, are giving me, um, they're being very generous in everything that we need to be successful. Everything I've asked for, for them, from them, um, has been okay, whatever you need. And th for me right now, like I am going to take all those resources and, and everything they've given me to put everything into being successful. We have a great um, group of players right now, that draft class from last season, um, those rookies, um, three of them are doing amazing at AU right now. So, uh, you know, the other two were overseas, um, but needed to get the right people on my bus on our bus, on the fever bus. And that to me is um, what you have to do to win championships. Um, you've got to get people to buy in. And we definitely want to get back to to winning championships. And, and um, get, like you said, getting out of the lottery. Um, it's going to be a great, the lottery's great right now, though. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to be part of it um, this year, getting that number one pick. So um, just building, putting the right people on the bus and, and free agency, we had a I really believe we had a great free agency this year um, and what I, what Lynn and, and myself and, and could get done and get some of those people. I mean, Erica Wheeler being one of them, my gosh, she's, she's instant energy. And I think that was one of the things that was needed in the locker room. And so um, when I got the job and I was able to, to visit with her, 
Uh, I, I put everything into to trying to get her because I thought she would be the best person to help out these these young young players that are just looking for someone to show them the way. And um, she was one of those. And Christy Wallace in that trade. Christy Wallace, I was able to coach her in Atlanta. Awesome person. I mean, you guys have seen her. She is a workhorse. She was a workhorse in Baylor. She was a workhorse in Atlanta. And um, that is that is exactly the kind of way we're gonna we're gonna play. We are gonna be. Uh, you're gonna remember us in the gym, win or lose. You're gonna know that we came in and fought our ass off in that game. I was gonna say the the fever bus is more like a fever limo. I saw that video when you guys picked up Wheeler from the airport. That was amazing. <laughs> we, you know, uh, talking about you know the people that are letting us do what we need to do to be successful. They came up with that idea, and I loved every minute of it. She loved every minute of it. That I told him, I said, you guys set the bar now. Like all the free agents are gonna want to be picked up on the on the tarmac at, at the airport from this point on, which is perfectly fine with me. Whatever we got to do to get great players in Indy, because uh, that's what it's about getting getting the right players, the best players, and the best people. Because our culture is the most important thing. Wow. Okay. I, there's so many directions I can go with this right now, but you're you're exactly right. Clearly, this is no surprise. Um, eyes have been on the fever for the last several years. Um, most recently, it has not been the prettiest in the world. I would say last year was extremely encouraging for everyone. Um, I think a lot of that. You know, we have we have to credit Lynn Dunn and just kind of the changes she's made. I'm a huge Lynn Dunn fan. I was actually, um, I when I first got out of coaching and I left Ball State, I was starting to to make that transition to media and was covering you and Pokey with the Fever at that time. So I always feel like Indiana is a place I've been really close to and had a really watchful eye over. Yeah. Um. So everything you're talking about, even just those changes with, with Erica Wheeler and the free agency and just, you know, the, we'll get to the, the, the arena here in a minute, but um, there's no surprise that you were clearly a, a highly regarded name in terms of your experience um, being back in Indiana, talking through, you know, what, what that means to be back. What's the relationship like with Lynn Dunn, um, you know, in, in like your guys's dynamic, how, how does that look? Yeah. Um, I've always respected Lynn Dunn. I would always go listen to her and, you know, at the final four at the round tables. And she was always absolutely the most entertaining of all the, oh, the round down. tables. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was incredible, but as much as you were laughing and listening to her and tell her story, you were also always learning things. Like I can go back to notebooks where I took notes of things that Lynn Dunn had talked about. Um, and, uh, but it has been to get to know her, um, and to now call, like, I, you know, she is my boss and she is my mentor and she has been teaching me since day one. Um, you guys, I, and I am not kidding. Like the minute that we started this process, it went a lot longer uh, than, than expected. And I'd actually kind of, I'd pulled my name out of the hat there for a minute, just for, it was just going, it was just taking too long. And I was like, okay, if this is the case, then this probably isn't what I need to do. And you start thinking, you know, all these things right. and, so, um, but she said, Christy, I'm about to come on down to, to Gulfport, Mississippi and be knocking on your door. And, you know, she, you know how she talks and that country <laughs> accent and coming to my house and going to change my mind. And, and, and she did, I mean, she didn't have to get on that plane and come down here, but she, um, from that day I have, I get emails, I get text messages, I, I get quotes, I get, um, thoughts, you know, I think I, I get everything that she's ever spoke on. She sends me daily and I, and I read it and I put it in a, I have it where, um, it's all cat. you know, I'm kind of that crazy. Um, I'm kind of OCD when it comes to how I organize things, but I have everything in place. So, you know, as we're getting ready for this season, getting ready for, you know, our first meeting with the players and what that's going to look like and our first couple of days of training camp, and what that's going to look like. Like I am going back. Lynn Dunn has sent me things that I am going to put into play. Um, because she's just a brilliant basketball mind and she sees things, um, she sees things in people, uh, and she's, she is a tireless workhorse, man. I mean, this woman is up all hours of the night and she's texting me and, and I'm like, do you ever sleep lady? Like she, like three times. <laughs> right. Right. Like what is like, go rest, go to your house in Florida and go, you know, get, get, take a breather. But I, I love her passion. And I love her love for the fever. And that to me, she wants to see this thing back. And it's just an honor that, that Lynn Dunn, who is, who is coming back to try to make sure to get this thing moving in the right direction, um, and thought that I was the right person for the job. I mean, what a huge honor that is for someone to, to think that about you. And, you know, I'm happy that she is, she's not, she's taken off that interim 
tag and now she's full go with us yeah. for the next few years. And um uh, thankful for that because um we we've we've worked really well together and it's just an honor to be with her and and golly, she knows everybody in the game and she knows, you know, the people that help get this game started. And and those I've been able to meet a lot of those ladies and at the final four, I'm gonna get to meet a lot of them at, with her. I'm looking forward to that because those people, you know, we just celebrated um, International Women's Day and golly, some of those women that she knew that helped wow. us get to where we are today. It's it's incredible. Yeah. You, you talk about. Um, you know, the decisions and the steps that have needed to take to just get the fever stabilized, you know, um, and, and not even just that, I would say it's at a point now where it's like, we were talking about it, Aria, maybe a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, I, you know, the way the league looks right now, it's like, man, fever, fever really, like the, the trend is upward, you know, and it, it mm-hmm. took a while yeah. to kind of get it even just stabilized. Um, but yep. I mean, clearly, you talk about that class, I know Aria wants to ask about a, some of those, uh, those second year rookies, but I mean, clearly a part of this and part of that excitement is having the first pick, um, first round pick, you know, in Indiana Fever history. Um, I know we can't get into specifics. You look at any mock, you can pretty much have a decent idea of who you're considering. Um, Mm -hmm. But how do you, and and I love, it seems like you and Lynn Dunn are really close. I know that's not always the case in the league where the GM and the head coach, like some just make decisions without consulting. Um, you know, with each other and, and making the best decision for the franchise as a whole. But how do you approach the draft um, just as a, as a franchise and, and this pick? Because clearly this is a this is a pivotal moment in time for the franchise. But how does that look in terms of just scouting and communicating and trying to figure out how do you utilize this pick the right way? Yeah. You know, it's um, there's some great there's you know, there's some generational type players in this draft. And um, we're going to be lucky to have one of those, um, especially in this, um, you know, I never, I kept telling Lynn, like, I don't want to keep calling this a rebuild. Like, I don't want to use the word rebuild. Like, that's what we were using when I was there before. Like, we're just, we're improving and getting better. And who we choose in this draft, you know, we have, we have one and seven and 13, and those can all be really big picks for us and and the future for for the fever. Um, There's some exciting players. Lynn has done an excellent job. Um, of just organizing this draft, um, you know, asking me about what I want, what kind of players I want, what I think, what what I see moving forward. I, and and you said it. I mean, some people don't have that experience, you know. And I'm lucky to have that. She's she's given me. I mean, she we talk through everything, um, and it's been great because we can we can have hard conversations and we don't have to agree. And and I've always been that person. I you don't we don't have to agree. Um, if I res- if we respect each other, we can move forward and, and make the best decision for the for the organization. And um, same with my assistant coaches. I don't want you to agree with everything. We're not we're not getting better if we're all agreeing on the same yeah, thing. Don't be a so, yes man. Don't be a yes man. Exactly, exactly. So the, the the people that I'm putting around me, those guys aren't those people, which is is, is exciting. But you know, Lynn has um, we we speak daily um, each other, but we have our our staff talks, and she's always asking us questions. She always sends an email the night before and she's like, okay, we're going to do this today. List, list these players, list those players, list these players. That What do you think we, you know, it's every day we are getting hit with something else and we've got about five or six people in house. And then she also has several people outside of the fever organization that are giving, you know, she's asking their thoughts, which is always awesome to hear, you know, people who have an outside view of things, what they're saying. So that's who she is. She's connected and she has, and she trusts those people. And some of the things that she's come back with from those guys, um, it, it's just, just people who've been around the game and have a knowledge of the game and, and see things that, you know, really help us in, in our decision-making. But, you know, we, we, we're, we're lucky with some, some early picks that are going to, you know, that are going to change the trajectory of, of the fever. I really believe that. Well, yeah, because I was I was gonna be mean to Rachel and be like, it's not just the first pick. You got some other ones too. <laughs> um, but you know, gotta be nice to my friends. Right. But you look you look at this roster and you have so much youth on this roster, and I I just want to get your insight on last year's Fever rookie class and their potential. I mean, obviously, Melissa Smith seems to be a superstar in the making. Um, Destiny Henderson, Queen Egbo. I'm a huge Angsler fan. Like, I just think she's one of those players that doesn't get enough attention because she's doing the intangibles. She's mm. that type of player that there's a loose ball and one of the opposing teams is diving for it. You know, she doesn't care. She's putting her body on the line for the team. Um, just 
tell me about your thoughts on the potential of, the, of these young players. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly uh, potential is is through the roof. Um, I, I think the one thing that was a huge factor in in these in the growth of these guys was um, there wasn't enough veteran leadership, um, veterans who've had experience, veterans who've been through different um, organizations and, and have different um, ideas of things. Um, so these guys came in and were given the, the keys, you know, and that wasn't a bad thing. I mean, they got great experience, right? Um, but they also have absolutely no idea what it means to be a pro, you know, and um, that was kind of what it was when we were there before. You know, we drafted Kelsey Mitchell, Tierra McCowan. Um, we had a young group, and you know, the Tamika Catchings had left, and and the Breon January had left, and so there was a, a gap of of a veteran leader. And so Kelsey was trying to figure it out on her own. Tierra McCowan figuring out Victoria Vivians figuring it out on her own. So even to this day, even though they're still not considered young players anymore, they still never had um they've just kind of had to learn on the fly on on what it means and so for me with this free agency class I just thought I we have got to get people in there that are going to help those young people you know create habits you know they they've probably created some really bad habits that are we're going to have to break you know as as young players in this league we've got to teach them what it means to be a pro you've got to have a, a routine it, as a pro if you don't have a game day routine like I, I bet if I ask some of them they you know they just didn't know and so um, I've challenged Erica Wheeler and Christy Wallace, uh, even Victoria Vivens, Emma Cannon, those guys, and Kelsey Mitchell. Like, um, I know Kelsey Mitchell has grown. I've talked to her a good bit, and, and she has matured, and she is – and even at AU right now, she's, she's the head coach of a team. She's the leader of teams, which is, I really believe is really helping her. Same for, for Liz, you know. But these guys need leadership, and, and they need um, – they need a head coach that's going to come in and, and hold them accountable and a staff that's going to hold them accountable. That's one of the big things. Like I, my staff is an extension of me and, and they're going to, they're going to, they have the um, ability to, if they need to discipline and kick someone out of practice, I mean, that's just what, you know, that's what they all can do. And it doesn't have to just come from me. And I think that's very important, but um, we've got a lot of work to do and we've got to really get in that gym and create great habits and, I keep saying the word culture, um, find our team identity, what that's going to look like. I'm a huge believer in letting players decide that with, you know, a head coaching staff that's kind of giving them a great map. Um, and so I, I, if they have to buy in. They've got to buy into what they believe in, what we believe in, and, and it has to come together. And um, those free agents are going to help us do that. And I, these young people, they know it's going to be a dogfight at camp. That's all Lynn and I have talked about. It is going to be one of the most competitive training camps. I mean, these guys, you know, with these picks coming in, um, yeah. you know, everything is is free game. I mean, I, I've said this to all of them. Like, no one has a – no one, no one's given, going to be given anything. You haven't – you know, no one's earned anything yet. And um, in, in the most respectful way, I need you to come in in the best shape of your life and be ready to fight. And that those, you know, that first week of training camp, because we, we're going to put the right people on that bus. And um, that that is up in the air right now. It's interesting. A, a lot of people are like, man, I would love to be a fly on the wall in New York Liberty's training camp. And I'm like, listen, I would love to be a fly on the wall, especially when we get to this draft in, in, in the Fevers training camp and how competitive that is going to be. Because isn't that as like a head coach, ultimately what you want? Like what, oh, what a luxury to have, you know, that type of environment where it's just like gutsy and grinding it out and, and fighting, fighting for your yeah. jobs. And that's awesome. Um, you know, this is a perfect segue to, to what I wanted to kind of talk about. And you kind of hit on it. Um, you're now wearing that head coaching cap. That's awesome. Um, what does, and, and I love that you say you kind of want to make this like, like a collaborative unit and, and decide what that identity is going to be. Each team is very different, but what is kind of like philosophical? Basketball, philosophically, what does a Christie Sides um, coach team look like? <clears throat> You're, we're going to be the hardest, hardest working practice team uh, in the league. We're going to be, we're going to fight for 40 minutes. Uh, we're going to get up and we're going to play some unbelievable defense. We're going to play smart defense. We're going to, um, we're going to make you work for everything um, that that you 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 get off us. Um, and as you can hear in my, like 
defensively is my defense is my passion. And um, I will believe that as many people try to say, you know, offense, 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 100%. You got to put the ball in the hole. That's what wins games. I get that. But you also be, you, you're going to have those off nights offensively. You will never have an off night defensively. And that is, that is what we're going to hang our hat on. We're going to be, we're, I want to be a top five, six defensive play uh, team in the league. Um, that's going to be where we start. Um, and we're going to run and we're going to teach these guys how to play the game of basketball. Uh, we're going to, we're going to teach um, actions and we're going to teach um, our goal is to get the, the right player, the right shot. And we're going to go into that. Um, we're going to talk roles and responsibilities um, from the minute we, we cut our team down. Um, you, you won't have to worry or, or think, Oh, am I supposed to do this? Or I'm supposed to do that. I, Tanisha Wright did something in Atlanta that I will take with me wherever I go. And uh, I've done it before, but not to the, to the level. And we didn't, um, we talked about it every day in Atlanta and we would, um, we brought each player in, we gave them four roles, their top four roles, talked about it. Um, They knew exactly what we expected. Ryan Howard, who was a rookie, decided to get those roles from us. Um, and we talked about them collectively as a group all together. So you were in a room with your teammates and we went through what each person's role was. And so everyone knows what their job is and, and there's nothing to think about. And Ryan took it upon herself. She printed them up, made it nice and put it in everybody's locker. And, and it was easy to talk about those things at, you know, at halftime or after a practice, like the players talked about it, like, you know, Hey, this person, you, you know, we need you to do this. This is what your job is. And you didn't get this for us today. You didn't do this for us today. And so those are going to be clear. And so toughness, um, competitiveness, and just a clear understanding of your roles is, is what, um, what a fever team is going to look like and feel like. That's awesome. You know, there, there's been so much talk of recent, the, the social media chatter, uh, the talking heads of the W is like, oh, it's the era of the super team in the W. Rachel and I have kind of taken offense to this because I almost feel like it's insulting to the history of the league because you look at the history of this league and there's been super teams throughout with the Comets, with Seattle when Swoops goes there, Minnesota, Phoenix, Chicago, heck, even Detroit. Like you look at that roster and you're like, look at those four players on their start. Like, wow. Um, I'm just curious for you, like, what are your thoughts on the current direction of the league? I mean, that's just the, the players are, um, I, I, you said it a minute ago, social media, right? So social media back during some of those times, wasn't that big. It wasn't that big then. So people weren't able to talk so much about certain things. You weren't seeing everything going on at the minute that it's happening. And and people weren't able to, to, you just weren't reading so much if you weren't more invested or involved in the sport. And so now it's, it's just what people are seeing and 100% agree with you. This is not anything new. You know, and and the players are are, are are wanting to win championships. There are players that are finishing up late in their career, and and they want to end on on a good note. And their contracts have put them in position where they're able to do that. So, look, I just think you have to get on board with with what is and has been going on, and and build relationships, and put yourself in a position where you have a chance to get those kind of players. You know, there were some free agents out there this year that I couldn't, even though I drafted Courtney Vandersloot and um. And, and coached her, you know, and, and I even jokingly reached out because that's, you know, but I wasn't going to get Courtney Vandersloot. She's got something else in mind, you know, and, right. and so you, you have to build relationships with these players that, and, and build something incredible that they want to come be a part of. So ho- hopefully in the years to come, Lynn and I'll be sitting there, you know, visiting those, those kind of players, you know, to get, to get them to come to Indiana uh, to win champ to win the championship that year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the, the foundation is laid and the steps are being taken early, early phases, but um, there's so many aspects of this too. It's, it's almost like recruiting, you know, you've got to build something that's attractive. Um, you know, the stuff you did with Erica Wheeler, which was so cool. I mean, that just went, I mean, it was really cool to see just the production of that and the time and the energy that was put into making her feel special. I think a huge part of that, I mean, let's talk about, I think at my, my time it was called Manker's life, but now it's called yeah. Cambridge. Um, wasn't there just a massive renovation and and what's, what's that like now? World-class facility, man. I mean, this place is incredible. I mean, it, it has to be one of the top, I I mean, in the arenas I've been in, it has to be in that top group. No question. I mean, we are, they literally took the practice court that 
we used to practice in, which used to be the Pacers practice court, and they lifted, okay, it, I'm a basketball coach, so some of these things just, I have a hard time wrapping my head around, but they lifted that basketball court up and made it because it was this huge ceiling, and then they built all new new facilities underneath, our locker rooms under our practice court now, our new training room, our new weight room. So when I was coming back with Atlanta to go play the fever this year, I went to where there was a door that used to let you in. And there was a brick wall there now. So I was like, what in the world? But it is amazing. The, the facilities, the resources we have now, like I will walk and you say recruiting coordinators, what I have felt like over these last few months um, during free agency, I really, that's exactly what it was, but what we have now to offer facility wise, we're back at, at Gamebridge full time now. Um, I will bring anybody in into our our facilities and put them up against anybody's right now and show them what we have to offer. Um, huge for free agency, uh, all the renovations. And these guys are just, it's a world-class uh, facility. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And, and the Pacer Sports and Entertainment are, um, they're unbelievable owners. Uh, they're unbelievable. They, they've done great things there from top to bottom. Um, at the end of the day, what is really awesome about Pacer Sports Entertainment is the people that work there. It is There's people that have worked there for 40 years. So it, it's just like a people's place. They're, the people are friendly. Um, everybody pulls for everybody. Mad Ants, Pacers, Fever, um, Pacer Gaming. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Everybody's on the same page. All right. Well, I, I, I normally take at least a couple trips back to my Indiana roots a couple times a year. So I, I definitely yeah. make one this summer and come check it out and, and see um, when I was there last year, I wasn't able to. Um, so yeah, I gotta, I gotta check out Gamebridge and see, see what y'all are working with, maybe catch a game, but okay. Final segment. Um, it's kind of our rapid fire. We just got a few, would you rather pick one or two? I'll let Aria jump into it. Okay. Would you rather get a steal or hit a three? Hit a three. Would you rather be at the mountain or the beach? The mountain. A home win or an away win? Away win. Win the Commissioner's Cup or a regular season fever record? (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Holy cow. Um, Fever record, like more wins than before or... Or like, you know, shooting, per- like anything, shooting percentage, most three, like anything. Oh. Uh, it's I, regular season. It's regular season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd win the championship. I'd win the, the cup. Okay. All right. Ten seconds left. You're down by two. Do you go for the tie or the win? Depends. I know, but you just got <laughs> you got to pick one. <laughs> yeah. I, I want the win, baby. I'm going for the win. Love it. Last one. League expansion. Or roster expansion? League expansion. Awesome. Awesome. Coach, we are so appreciative of your time. Um, I know we, we could sit here and talk forever. We, we'll let you go golf now. Um, head coach yes, ma'am. Besides Indiana Fever. I like that ring. Again, head coach, we are so thrilled for you and, and the direction this franchise is going. Super special to my heart just personally. So best of luck this season. Uh, hopefully we can have you back on the show soon. I would love that. Hey, guys. Hey, just a quick appreciation for you guys. You you guys do so much for our league. I mean, and, and we couldn't do this without you. You are passionate about what you do, and that is so freaking awesome. So just thank you guys for everything. Thank you, Coach. That means a lot. You have a great rest of your day, all right? And, Y'all too. Uh, get some birdies. <laughs> that would be a great day for sure. All right. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> have a good one.